Did you have a good fourth? Good time? So I went camping like a real man. And uh, I wanted to show you a picture that I promised uh, from last week that I'm doing what you're not supposed to do. This was, I'm stretched a little bit. This isn't what I look like, uh, actually. But I, I don't know if you can tell, but the, the image got a little skewed. But I got some nice combat boots with my high white socks. These are actually uh, sweatpants that were Bethany's that we cut off. And they're skin tight. And, uh, and then I have a, you can't really see how much Murica is in this shirt, but... It's, it's like neon blue with a bald eagle coming out of an American flag. And then I have some sort of um, tractor-branded hat with camo. So that was my camping outfit. What do you guys think? You like that? Yeah. So go ahead and take that away. Let no one else see it. And, and, okay. Yeah. You didn't get your shot, did you, Brian? He wanted to put that on Facebook. and Yeah. Oh, he'll get it. Yeah. I said I could send it to you personally for personal enjoyment, but that's not going out on, online. But uh, yeah, that was my outfit, so I showed up there at camp wearing that, and uh, my family had a good time with that outfit. Allie really appreciated it. She was like, looks good, and she wanted Gino to get a shirt like mine, but uh, oh, he got it, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the middle of a series, uh, this is week two, a series called Bigger, and we're talking about a God who is bigger than every challenge, every circumstance. We're talking about big faith big possibilities, big vision, and I'm incredibly excited about this series because I believe it's, uh, it's, it's dialed in perfectly for where we are as a church, that God is calling us not to settle in and accept sort of our, our, uh, uh, our territory, but to expand and to see thousands of people come to Christ in the city of Eugene, to see millions of dollars given to world missions, to see uh, our, our city, our community, and communities around the world transformed by the gospel of Jesus through our faithfulness and through our partnership with what God wants to do. Can I get an amen? That's a run-on sentence. There was no punctuation in that. But I, I believe that God has great things for us. And you know, uh, the whole tagline or the, for this whole series is this, that we need to elevate our perspective of God. Say the word elevate. 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 So a lot of us have a faith in a God who is kind of down here, but we need to have faith in a God who is way bigger than whatever we could, could ask, think, or imagine. Last week we talked about the story of David and Goliath. How many of you are familiar, familiar with that story, David and Goliath? You've kind of heard that. Justin in the back, he's heard it. He's excited about it. We've heard about David and Goliath, that this little, this little guy, he was 17 years old, uh, and we talked last week, he was probably about five feet tall, five foot, you know, five foot nothing to five foot three maybe, and he was fighting this giant who was between eight and ten feet tall. Uh, it, was, it was a huge, bold move. But David wasn't this great warrior that went out to fight the giant. He just had an elevated perspective of God, right? And so we're talking in this series about having an elevated perspective of God, that it doesn't matter how big the mountain is that's before us, doesn't matter how big the challenge is that's before you, it's how big your God is, right? How big your God is. And so today I want to share a message about faith and talk about having bigger faith. And you know, I, I like this, uh, this quote from Pastor Craig Rochelle, who I think is a wonderful teacher and and preacher, and just an amazing on the topic of faith. He says uh, this to his church, and I think we should adopt this. He says, we are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. We will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. How many of you need a repeat on that one? Okay. We are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. We will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. Big faith. Come on, we need to have bigger faith. Jamie Buckingham says this, he says, attempt something so big that unless God intervenes, it's bound to fail. Attempt something so big that unless God intervenes, it's bound to fail. It's bound to fail. 
One of the most sad things I ever heard, I was in a conversation with somebody, and they were telling me about a church that they helped uh, start, helped plant. And this person said to me, it occurred to me a few years down the road in our church plant that, that everything that occurred here, everything that was built, could have happened with or without God. And, I, and he was, this person wasn't saying God wasn't involved. He just said, I didn't know. And that's freaky to me. That means that the vision was like doable. It was achievable by human wisdom and human strength. I don't want it to ever be said about us at Joy Church that we were small thinking and that we had achievable goals. That we had achievable goals. I don't want us to have achievable goals. I want us to have impossible goals that only an incredible God could make possible. Right? I believe that, that here at Joy Church, uh, all of us together, God is going to prosper us at an insane and ridiculous level, not so we can all you know, drink champagne and get gold teeth guards. And speaking of fake British accent, I say, hello, Justin, good to see you, old chap. Oh, let's play some croquet, you know, in our knickerbockers or whatever. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants to prosper us ridiculously so we can give millions of dollars to the poor, so we can give millions of dollars to see the gospel go all across the world, so that we can store up treasure in heaven, right? And you can wear knickerbockers if you want when you go. But I have a vision that God's going to give us the resources to send cargo planes full of supplies uh, to third world nations. Uh, I, I once time said that we would send wells, and people were like, you can't send wells in airplanes. They're like, well, the equipment, whatever. You know, I'm just a vision caster. I'm not worried about the logistics. You figure that out. But God wants to, to increase our resources to do bigger things. Something that blows your mind. Come on. Bigger faith. God wants to, to see us have a big impact in our community not where we just gather, oh, a couple hundred people come together and, you know, we sort of huddle together and sing Christian songs and, and, you know, talk about Christian stuff and have our own Christian subculture, but literally that we are a community that the gospel emanates out of and we see thousands and thousands of people come in and be transformed and baptized and literally we can't even get a facility large enough to contain them. So we're like other churches, hey, we got 50 people, we're sending them your way this week, can you help them get discipled? Go ahead and plant a church next week after that. Like, come on. Bigger thinking. Come on, God wants us to elevate our perspective of Him. Is this pride? Oh, Pastor Jake, it sounds so prideful. No, it's not about pride. It's about seeing how incredible and big God is. Now, I want to lay some foundations here in the start of this message from, the, from Scripture. Two stories from the Bible, that, that um, two things that amazed Jesus, both concerning faith but on opposite sides of the spectrum. In Mark chapter 6, verse 5, there's a story that, that we're told about Jesus being in his hometown. I think Jesus was in Nazareth in this, uh, this story. And uh, he was teaching and preaching, and, and some people were getting offended because this was like Joseph and Mary's son, the son of a carpenter. And there was a rumor that had gone around about Jesus that he was, that he was illegitimate because, you know, telling Mary and Joseph telling people that he was, you know, conceived by the Holy Spirit was sort of like, I don't think so, right? And so Jesus wasn't received in his hometown. And it says here in Mark chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Now I'm like, hey, I'd take that, right? But it says Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Verse 6, listen in here. It says he was amazed at their lack of faith. Their negativity was so big their perspective of Jesus was so de-elevated that he was shocked and amazed. Like, really? Here I am healing the sick. Here I am raising people from the dead. Here I am preaching the gospel of God's kingdom. And his hometown was like, ah, it's just Jesus. 
It's just Jesus. And you go, man, that's so stupid. Why would they think that way? You know, we think that way too, don't we? Because we think we understand Jesus. We think we have him figured out. We think we have him, we kind of have our understanding of who Jesus is locked down. Maybe you see him as Savior, but it's time to see him as Lord and Savior and God. Maybe you see him as the revolutionary politically or socially. No, you got to expand and elevate your perspective. But Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Another story, though, there was this Roman centurion. And his servant was dying. And so he sent someone to go to Jesus, or he came to Jesus and said, will you heal my servant? And, and he said, you don't even have to come, Jesus. Like, you don't even have to come physically to my location. All I need you to do is just say the word. Like, if I could just get you to say, be healed, I, I believe that my servant will be healed. And it says, when Jesus heard this, listen to this again, he was amazed at him. Now, how many of you would rather be like door number two here, that Jesus is amazed because you have great faith, as opposed to Jesus being amazed because you have terrible faith, lack of faith. And turning to the crowd following me, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Now, Israel was the community of faith. Israel was the community of people that had been given God's word and God's commands and, and God's character and nature, and God had revealed himself to Israel. And Jesus said, this guy is a Roman. He's a foreigner. He's outside the community of our faith. And yet he has such great faith. I haven't even seen it among God's people. That's the kind of faith we want to have. The kind of faith that is that big, bold, attempt something so big that if God doesn't intervene, it's going to fail. Do we take that kind of, do we have that kind of risk-taking, farm-betting faith, that big faith that Jesus will be amazed by? Do you want him to be amazed by your lack of faith or by your great faith? Now, This is kind of hard to to put ourselves on a scale, but I I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to write a one on it. And I want you to, if if you're like really good at writing or something, you can do the whole scale, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or you can just go one and a ten. But you're going to rate yourself here, okay? Uh, Just to kind of get an idea. And we'll talk about this here. But I want to ask you a question and then I'm going to ask you to just, you don't have to show anybody, and this isn't to make you feel bad because it's just you privately having a conversation in your head about like how big is my faith. But I want to ask you a question about, kind of to give you an idea of maybe where your faith is at. If every one of your prayers last week, okay, right, just think about seven day period from last Sunday to today. If every one of your prayers that you prayed last week, if God answered every one of your prayers, how would the world be different? You're like, well, my food would be blessed. I would have got that parking spot at Freddy's right? You know, I would have lost two pounds. If every one of your prayers got answered, you know, I heard this question and I thought, oh no, because it would have been like this kind of stuff. Yeah, my food wouldn't have had any uh, bacteria in it. You know, I would have got that parking spot. I would have lost two pounds. Jack would have gone to sleep and not woken up 19 times in the middle of the night or whatever, go to bed. My prayers would have been answered. But, But the idea is, Instead of that, what if you'd prayed and said, God, will you fill every church in the city with people that need to know you? What if we had the faith to pray big, audacious prayers like, God, would you bless me financially so I can be a blessing like Abraham was? God, would you do something incredible in me to, to share my faith? And God, could you, could you help us as a church make a difference in Africa and the con- different continents in the world with, with uh, relief for orphans? God, could you do big things in me? Did you pray that prayer? What if God answered every prayer that you prayed last week? That'll tell you where your faith is at. Now, 
Think about the prayers that you prayed and think about the prayers if God had answered every one of your prayers and then put a mark on that one to 10. Where, where's your faith at? How big is your faith? Now, 10 is Jesus, okay? Jesus is like faith, right? Maybe nine is like Billy Graham. He's kind of big faith, right? Maybe Luis Palau or Reinhard Bonnke, they'd be like eight, you know, maybe eight or nine. Uh, I'm probably like two or three, but maybe... But put yourself on here, and this isn't to make you feel bad. It's just to get a sense, where am I on this spectrum? And you're going to remember that number because later I'm going to challenge you to increase it. I'm going to challenge you to take a step. Maybe you go, I'm at a three. You know, Pastor Jake, I prayed that my food would be blessed last week, and uh, I really didn't have faith that God was going to save people in my city. I didn't have faith that God was going to use me to preach the gospel. I didn't necessarily have that big faith. But I'm going to ask you at the end here to, to, to move that number up a little bit right, in your choices, in your decisions, in your actions, to say, you know what, I'm going to go from like a two on the faith meter to a three or a four or a five. Not because of just in my own strength, but because I see a God who is bigger. Are you with me? So I want to give you three faith-filled facts, three faith-filled facts this morning, and then we'll go eat something delicious at Killer Burger. Amen, right? That's faith right there. Okay. And this is going to be saying kind of the same thing in three different ways, but that's what preaching's all about, isn't it? Number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. Faith-filled fact number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. If, if your goals are achievable, you can accomplish them without God, then Jesus is going to be amazed at your lack of faith. Great faith is not about playing it safe. It's about taking a risk based in the reality of God, okay? I'm not telling you to go out and just take risks for risks' sake. Some people just enjoy taking risks, right? Like people that jump out of perfectly good airplanes and stuff like that. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking risks for kingdom advancement based in the reality of the God that we serve. Come on. Taking risks based in the reality of God, that we have a God who loves us, a God who is for us, a God who has done great things in our life, a God that will come through. We don't put our faith in an outcome. We put our faith in the faithfulness of God. Our trust is in the person of Christ. Our trust is in God himself. Do you see what I'm saying? So you can't play it safe and please God. Now, how many of you have times in your life that you made a choice, I'm not going to play it safe, right? I'm not going to play it safe. Now, if you know me, I'm like the most safe playing it person that there is. I don't like to jump in cold water. I don't like to jump in warm water. I don't like to jump. I don't like to be around water. I don't like to go outside. I like inside, right? I'm not an outdoorsman, I'm an indoorsman. I like to play it safe. I like to watch nature documentaries on my iPad. <laughs> but there's been times in my life where I had to not play it safe, right? I went to Las Vegas. You're like, there you go. Yeah, not playing it safe. <laughs> and we were on vacation down there, and we'd like walk through all the people gambling, and we'd get the cheap buffets. It was awesome, right? It was like shrimp for $10.95. Yeah, cool. But anyways... There's a, there's a hotel there called the New York, New York. Anybody seen this? It's awesome. And there's a roller coaster on top of this hotel. Not that stratosphere one. That's too landed unsafe. But this, the New York, New York is about 300 feet up in the air. The roller coaster goes, I think, 65 to 70 miles per hour. And it's $5. It's awesome. It was $5 when I did it. And I went to this roller coaster, and, and we went to the top, and we got in line, and, and there was, like, queues. You know what I mean? Like, lines that you could get in, and they were... Uh, corresponding to the car of the roller coaster. Now, normally I'd be like, where's the middle, right? So like if it crashes forward or backwards, I won't get crushed. 
where's the middle? And I'll play it safe. But something got inside of me. It's probably bad shrimp from the buffet. And I decided not to play it safe. So I go to the very front. Were you with me, Gino? You were too short. Dang it. So anyways, I go to the very front of the roller coaster. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I climb in there. And I sit in the very front. And, the, and it was so short. Like, there was just nothing in front of me. It was, I, I could see right over the top. And we go on this roller coaster, and it goes 70 miles an hour. And I saw the picture. You know, they take a picture of you at the end. And it was like, <laughs> it looked like somebody squished my face against a mirror, you know, because the wind, you know. And it was awesome. It was incredible. I didn't play it safe. And so my experience was like beyond compare. It was incredible. Can't play it safe and please God. You got to go to the front car on the roller coaster, right? You got you to take a risk. Now, I'll tell you about an even more faith and even more risk-taking. I'm from Jackson County uh, down in Southern Oregon, and there's this thing called the Jackson County Fair. And there's like these ex-convicts that bring these rides out, right? It's like a dude with, he's got like no arm and a face tattoo, you know, and he's like, hop on, kid. It's, it's going to be great. So I was never allowed to go to the fair, as a kid, you know, my parents were like, it's a waste of money. It's, and every week in, in Medford that the fair comes, it's always 125 degrees outside. And, and so I go to the fair, and it costs like 20 bucks, and it's super expensive. And I ended up buying this, like, smoothie that was $6, drank it, got totally sick, and got on this ride that, like, spins you like this. And I could literally hear it rusting as we were moving. And I just thought when I was in there, I don't want to die this way. <laughs> Here's Jake. He lived a really full life up to 17 years old and died in a rusty Zippo car or whatever. I don't know what it was, a zipper, you know, at the Jackson County Fair. But I wasn't playing it safe. And that didn't really work out for me, so maybe it's not a good example. But if you aren't scared from time to time, if it's not, if it's, if it's so safe, you're not living by faith. Well, hon, you know, I just believe God's encouraging us to, to begin to give. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to give that $2 in the offering today. Like, good, good, that's good, good step, but like, take a step of faith, you know what I mean? What's a God-sized bite? My kids don't like it when they give me a bite of their food, because they're like, Dad, you know, I take a bite of the sandwich, and it's like half the sandwich. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm going to like, you know, drive by and throw a, throw a touch card from Joy Church in the barista window, and then like, speed off. No, no, have some faith, like, have a conversation, like, step out and don't play it safe this time, you know what I'm saying? Take a risk. Step outside of where you are because you can't play it safe and please God. God is pleased when, we, when he goes, man, that was awesome. Dalen like stepped out in faith and God had an opportunity to step in and move in your life because you stepped out. Come on. You can't play it safe and please God. You see a lot of bored Christians, which always is shocking to me because to me, a bored Christian is just a Christian who is not living by faith. Because if you're living by faith, you will not be bored. I'll tell you what, when I'm living by faith, I'm freaked out, but I'm not bored. I'm like, oh my God, I got to talk to this person. They're intimidating to me. You know, I like have to go to the bathroom really bad because I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And I'm like all nervous, but I'm not bored. You know what I mean? You see bored Christians are like, ah, I'm bored. I'm just bored. It's because you're not living by faith. When you are challenged by God, when you like have real stuff that God's calling you to do, when you come in here to worship, you're not like, you're the lion and the lamb. You're like, God, I need you, because it's desperate. Come on. When God called us to start Joy Church, Bethany and I, we didn't have a guarantee. We didn't have a promise. We didn't know that we were going to get a paycheck. We didn't know. We just knew God told us to start a church. So I'm like calling places. I got a job, you know, offer from Abby's. It was the, the highest qualification that I got. <laughs> delivery, part-time delivery driver at Abby's. Like, woo, 
You know, it was awesome. Step of faith. And we took a risk and we said, God, we believe that if we do what you say, if it's your will, it's your bill, that you're going to come through. Come on, but we were not bored. I'll tell you that right now. We're not bored. Why? Because we're living by faith. We're stepping out. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he walked on water, but he also failed. If you know that story that Jesus was walking on the water, he said, come on out here, you guys. And Peter was the only one, and he's like, and, but he stepped out and he was on the water. He's the only disciple that for years and years and years and years could tell his grandkids, like, see that, river, that lake over there? I walked on it. Before they built the tourist trap thing that you could walk on out there, you know? This was like the original walking on water, and Peter did it. And he failed, but he was the only one out of the boat. If you're afraid of failure, then you're never going to take steps of faith. And you know what? Failure doesn't mean that God's not calling you to step out. Never let the fear of failure talk you out of an act of faith. As a church, you know what I want us to do? I want us to fail a lot. You're like, man, a downer. You know why I want us to fail? Because I want us to try to do stuff that's so big that if God doesn't come through, it doesn't work. So we go, man, we really tried, and it just blew up in our face. But you know, we're not going to give up. We're going to continue to have big faith. Why? Because we're going to have stories about walking on the water. See, if you never take a step of faith into the supernatural level, you don't get to see the supernatural move of God. That's how faith works. You've got to step away from the boat. You've got to take that step. You can't play it safe. Faith-filled fact number two. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. As long as you have a guarantee... You don't have faith. I love guarantees. I'll be honest with you. Like, I love guarantees. When they're like, yeah, you can buy this thing, and, you know, if it breaks within the next 25 years, you get a brand new one. I'm like, sweet. I feel confident, right? Confident. Now I feel good because I have a guarantee. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance. This is faith, right? This is the topic here. It gives us assurance about Things we cannot see. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So faith is the guarantee. Faith is the confidence. It's, there's not a guarantee outside of faith. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. The things in life that are worth doing, there is no guarantee. There's risk. You ever heard the term risk and reward? With investments, if you want to invest in like a certificate, a deposit, a CD, it's a very low risk. Therefore, the reward is very low, Right? The things in life that give you a large reward always have a higher risk. Think about when you ask a girl out or ask a guy out if you're, you know, doing that. You're a liberated, you know, woman and you're going to ask a man out. Whatever. Go for it, girls, you know, woman power. Anyways, remember like in junior high, I wasn't allowed to do this because I was Christian in homeschool. But anyways, you, in junior high, you send the, the note across to the girl and you're like, will you go out with me? Yes, no, maybe. Right? And there's no guarantee that like, you're going to get an answer and there, your heart gets all Twitter-pated. You know what I'm saying? Because why? There's risk. When I asked Bethany to, to start a relationship with me and when I asked her to, to marry me, I was freaking out because it was risky because she didn't have to say yes. She could have said no. Now, she asked me later, she's like, did you, what did you think? I was like, oh, I thought you'd say yes because <laughs> I have faith, right? But there was no guarantee. And you know how awesome... How awesome it was when my wife said, yes, I will marry you. This woman that I love with all my heart, this woman that I would die for, that I, I can't live without, and when I say, will you marry me? And that those words go out, and you can never take them back, and it's out there. The romance is in the risk. The romance was in the risk. No guarantee. You're bored in your life with God. You're bored in your faith. 
It's because there's no risk. You're always looking for a guarantee. Well, God, if I start this business or I ask this, this person to marry me or I ask, you know, I, I start a joy group or I start giving, you know, God, are you going to guarantee to me that it's going to work out? And, and, and no, he's not. Why? Because the romance is in the risk. The reward is in the risk. Great faith that amazes God doesn't come with a guarantee. It doesn't come with a guarantee. There's a word for people who always need a guarantee. They're called cowards. Think about it. Well, if I go out there and fight this battle, will I, will I die or will I live? I don't know. Right? Well, then I'm not going to do it because I need a guarantee that I won't, I won't, I won't get hurt. If, if, our, if, our, if our armed forces always needed a guarantee before they went into combat, there would be no victory ever. Right? Cowardice is always needing a guarantee before you take a step. And you know what? That doesn't please God. Faith comes with no guarantee. And if you have that guarantee, then it's not faith. Then you just have a guarantee. Then it's just natural confidence and assurance, right? You can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. And I like to be in control, right? That's my personality. I like to, to have things figured out and dialed in and make sure that it's all perfect and guaranteed, but faith and control don't operate in the same atmosphere. You can have one or the other, but not both. And the things that God calls us to do, the things that God calls you to do personally, they may not work. You might fail. You might step out of the boat, get some water walking experience, and then sink and fail. But you have to trust God to find out. You have to trust God to find out. You have to, you have to step out to find out. You, you don't get to find out and then step out. That's natural thinking. Supernatural thinking says, I step out and then I find out. There's no guarantee. You know, I want to tell you that God is calling us as a church to take bold steps of faith, to step out and find out if something's going to work. I'm excited to let you know today that in, in four weeks from now, on August 7th, we as a church are moving from this location at Hilliard. We're going to be renting the Regal, it's a hard word to say, Regal Valley River Center Stadium and IMAX. Yeah, the movie theaters. We're moving to the movie theaters, and it's a great step of faith for us because it's bigger, it's more money, it's a step of faith for us. Financially, it's a step of faith for us to move out of this comfortable location, whatever. It's a step of faith. But let me tell you why we're doing it. We're doing it because we believe that God wants to position us to make an impact in the people that need Jesus. And we're going to the people that need Jesus. Okay? Uh, in the New Testament, when, when they would go to a new city, they would go to the marketplace. They didn't go off to like a, a private location somewhere and sort of huddle together and have a prayer meeting and then, and then send out touch cards. They went to the marketplace where all the people were, and they began to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we as a church are stepping out in faith into our marketplace, you know, the mall right there in the middle of the city where the people are, to say, here we are, here's Joy Church. Come and find Jesus. Come and find life. Come and find hope. Come on, can I get some faith from the crowd here? Shout at me a little bit. We want to step out into the marketplace and see what God will do. We're going to step out and find out. And it might not work, but we're going to do it. Why? Because we have faith. We believe God. We don't got a guarantee. We don't need a guarantee. Our God is big. We have a big God who can do great things when we will give him an opportunity to move supernaturally. This is good preaching. Come on. Give me an amen. Why? Because I want to see. We want to see thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus in our city. Do you think that a church that, like, that believes that God is incredibly big can be contained? No, it cannot. It cannot be contained. The gospel has the power to transform our community. Oh, this is Eugene, and it's, you know, it's just people here aren't interested in the gospel. Yeah, they are. They just haven't heard it in a way yet that maybe connects with where they're at. 
See, sometimes we're too busy. Oh, you know, well, you need to come and hear the Bible. And then they're like, I don't need to hear that. And you go, no, what they need to hear is, a, is they need to hear hope and grace and life and joy. It's our name, right? Not just our name, it's who we are. The joy of knowing Jesus. The joy that only comes from knowing Jesus. So I want you to join your faith with me. We're going to the movie theaters. Why? To see thousands of people come to Christ. To see people captivated with the gospel message. And then we'll have to find some bigger place once we need to get out of there. Right? We want to be right in the middle of the action. I don't want to build some nice building way off somewhere that nobody can find so we can all huddle together and sing Kumbaya. There's a lot of places that you can go to find that. We're going to be trench church in the trenches, boots on the ground. We're missionaries in our city. Come on, get on for the ride. We're going to have a lot of fun seeing Jesus do incredible things in our city. And I want to challenge you, what is the step of faith? How can you move that needle from one, two, three on the faith scale up a little bit? Maybe God is challenging you to, go, to join a joy group, to, to join community, to be a part of that. Oh, but, you know, Pastor Jake, it's, a, it's another night of the week. Yeah, it is. That's correct. You nailed it right on the head. Oh, but, you know, uh, I have these other priorities. Come on, take a step of faith. Don't you think that if you honor God with your time and your commitment level that he'll honor you in your life? Step out in faith. Maybe God is calling you to take that step. Young men, get a job and get married. Come on. Video games are going to be there. You can step of faith. Jump out. Jump out of the boat. Like, find a, a girl that loves Jesus and be like, hey, let's, let's do this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Start a family. Come on, Jared, do it. <laughs> step out. Maybe God's, maybe God's calling you to take a new job. Maybe, maybe you're the guy who's always been okay with the $14 an hour, but you know there's faith in you that God could elevate you and take you to another level financially so you can be a blessing. And you're never going to find out until you step out. Come on, have faith. Take that step of faith. There can't be a guarantee. Let me tell you a story. So I was at a friend's house. His name was Michael. And I was a kid. And Michael had one of those split-level houses where the, the, there was a basement, but it was kind of elevated. So you walked up steps to get to the front door. So the, the roof was a good 15, 16, 18 feet up, right? And there was a tree that grew next to that house. And my friend Michael would like scurry up that tree. And then there was a flat roof over the porch. And it was like an awesome place to hang out when you're eight or however old we were. You know, just amazing because it was really high and you could throw rocks at kids and whatever. It was awesome. <laughs> so Michael climbs up this tree and he's like, come on, do it. And, I, and at this point, I, I hadn't, you know, grown intelligent yet, yet. I was still taking risks and all this kind of stuff. I hadn't developed this risk-averse personality that I probably got from this story. So I climbed this tree, and I get up to the top, and I'm about 15, 20 feet up in the air. And there was this moment where I had to leave the tree and step to the roof, okay? And this is leading up to this third point, but there's this moment where I had, to, I had to leave the security of the tree, relative security of this, and I've already climbed, so I've exhibited some faith, but I have to step now, and I stepped onto the roof, onto, but I stepped onto the gutter. And... Apparently their gutters were a little uh, shoddy because it just bent. <laughs> and I went, and I fell and hit like every branch on the way down. It was like a cartoon, you know? And I hit the ground and I'm like, totally out of breath, wind knocked out of me. And I found out that that step of faith really cost me in this situation. You know what I did? After I cried and got dusted off or whatever, I climbed back up. And I took that step again, and I got onto the roof, and I got the reward because I took that step of faith, okay? 
Even through failure, I took that step of faith and I did it. And that leads to this next point, to step toward your destiny, to get the good stuff, to step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your security. To step toward your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Now, everybody has their security blanket, don't they? When I was a kid, it was a pillow. My son Jack has what he calls his night-night. It's this little green blanket, and it goes everywhere with him. And we have to, like, pry it out of his fingers to wash it so that he doesn't have, like, botulism or something from all the things that are growing on his blanket. And that's his security blanket, right? It's his night-night. That's how he goes to sleep. That, it comforts him. How many of you, you don't maybe carry a blanket around anymore, but you have a night-night? It's the job that you've worked at for 10 years. It's, it's, the, it's that feeling of whatever. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it, it's that night-night. It's, that it's your time management that you've given God a very carefully allocated portion of time in your week. And your God is safe. And He's big enough but he's not huge, right? And you've carefully portioned out time for family and you've carefully portioned out time for school and for, you know, PTA and you've carefully portioned out all these things and you have it all done. It's all dialed up and it's your security and it's comfortable and it feels good. But did you know that to get to destiny, you have to step away from security. To get to the awesome roof, I had to step away from the security of the tree. The romance is in the risk, right? People that like to jump out of airplanes, I don't understand it. But you know what? Let me tell you where the magic is at. I've never done it, but I know where the magic is at. The magic is in between plane and parachute. The magic is in between plane and parachute. That's when you're just flying. Isn't that amazing? The plane is the security. And to get, how many, have anybody done it? Anybody? Okay, is that true? Is that like awesome when you're free flying? Okay. I would like that part too. Yes. No, that's good. That's good. But to get to that moment where you're in the parachute and you're flying above, up in the sky, and you're, and you're, and you're, you're free, you know, flying, falling, whatever, you have to take a step out of the security of the airplane. Correct? Nobody skydives inside an airplane. You've got to jump out. You've got you to step out. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. Listen to this. By faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, his destiny. Let me just tell you, right now, where you are is not your destiny. You're not there yet, okay? You're like, no, I'm totally there. Okay, fine, that's great. But I don't think you're there yet. I don't think I'm there yet. I think there's a place that we're called to go. That's our inheritance, right? As a church, corporately, there's a place that we're called to go to. That's our inheritance. As individuals, there's a place. And it says he obeyed. And he went, even though he did not know where he was going. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. I want to encourage you to move the needle on your faith meter. Are you a two? Are you a three in your resources and your finances? Are you practicing our value of generosity, right? Does it stretch you? Bethany and I, at times in our life, we go, God, we need to be stretched in our generosity, need to be stretched in our generosity, and, and we like to give. And, I, and, and she likes it more than me because she has a spirit of faith. But I'm like, okay, fine, write the check. But are you, are you moving forward on that needle? Maybe for you, the area of faith that God wants to challenge you to take on is to share your faith. Did you know that you're not called to just like come to church and then go on a missions trip once in your life? Like You're called to be a missionary here and now and always as a Christian. So are you sharing your faith? Are you stepping out of the boat to be bold 
uh, witnessing for Christ, stepping away from your security. Maybe for you it's to start a business or to get married or to have kids or to adopt kids or whatever. But pray a bold prayer and say, God, what is safe? And God, where do you want me to go? God, maybe right now where I'm at is so safe, it's secure, and, and I'm comfortable. But God, what are you calling me to step forward to? And I want you to share with the people around you. Go to Joy Group and say, this is what God told me to do. This is the step of faith that we're going to take as a family. This is the step of faith that I believe God is calling me to do. And let's share with each other the incredible things that God does when we have bigger faith. Let's not think small. Jesus didn't give us a small commission. He gave us a great commission. Come on. He, he didn't say, I just want a few to come to repentance. The Bible says that the Lord wants everybody to come to repentance. The Lord is willing that none should perish. God wants us to have bigger faith for our city, our community, our church. He wants us to have not small thinking, but that big bet-the-farm, risk-taking, risk don't insult, insult God with small thinking kind of faith. God wants us to have big faith. And you know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's not that you're not going to be scared when God tells you to take that big step of faith. It's okay to be scared but just remember how big God is. We don't have faith in the outcome. We have faith in the faithfulness of an awesome God. Our trust is placed in the reality of the God that we serve.